0: Welcome to the full minded with Elisabetta podcast, where my mission is to normalize the human experience. I believe there's power in authenticity and building a community immersed in it. I plan on bringing you on an in depth and transparent journey of my life through solo episodes. I will also be interviewing a range of individuals who are willing to share their unique stories. On this podcast, we will dive into topics such as mental health, heartbreak, loss, change, trauma, self-love, and every other topic that makes up the human experience. While I do my very best to provide you insight and knowledge on these subject matters, this podcast is not a substitute for professional help. I am not a licensed therapist. I am simply a human sharing my experiences with the intent to help people feel less alone. If you are suffering, please consult with a licensed professional. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Full Minded with Elisabetta. I'm your host, Alyssa, and today I want to dive into talking about sexual assaults, and I know. It's a difficult subject for a lot of people, so I wanted to bear warn that there should be a trigger warning attached to this, and it's gonna get emotional. But I feel compelled to record this episode because I just finished watching the film Luckiest Girl Alive, starring Mila Kunis. It was actually a film that I was avoiding watching for a long period of time because I had heard so many reviews about it not saying it wasn't a good movie, but saying it was a very triggering film for those who have been sexually assaulted. I myself have been sexually assaulted multiple times in my life by people I didn't know, by people I did know. Um, And for most of my life, I feel like I've tried to avoid anything that would cause me to be triggered. And I'm finally in a place in my life where I feel healed enough and at peace with myself. What has happened to me? What is? shaped me into who I am today. And I'm, I'm wanting to embrace it. And I'm wanting to push past those triggers and not limit myself for what I can watch and what I can listen to. And you know, where I can be, I want to rewrite the narrative and I want to take my power back. So in doing so, watching that movie was one of my first steps um, to achieving that didn't really know what to expect in the movie aside from the fact that there is a rape scene. Um, when the scene came up, it was a gang rape and not something I was fully prepared for, but I did pretty good with handling it. I paused it a few times through just to kind of process it. But it was a very well done movie and the ending is so empowering. If you have sexual assault trauma that's very new, I probably wouldn't recommend you watch it because it is hard to watch. The scenes are very intense. But if it's been something that has happened in your past and you do feel like you have a better hold on it, it is a very empowering movie and I would recommend you watch it because how she handles it and turns it around and takes her power back is very inspiring to watch and listen to. and. It honestly motivated me to record this episode about my own experiences because I feel so deeply emotional right now from having just watched it that I feel like it's a perfect time to talk about what happened to me. I want to start by saying that I've actually never spoken about this on podcasts, like being a guest. I've never recorded anything of me speaking about this. I've shared it with people that I know and love and trust the intimate details of it, but I have never released it publicly. I won't use names, um, but I will tell you guys in as much detail as I can, as much detail as I can <laughs> share with you my experiences with sexual assault in hopes to help other women not feel so alone and isolated Um, I think it's important to share our stories and speak up so that other people feel comfortable doing so too, whether that means sharing that with their friends, sharing that with the police, sharing that with their partners, you know? I just think it's really important to circulate discussion about this because it's it's not handled appropriately and the justice system is fucked up and we don't get enough... This topic doesn't get enough attention. And so I'm going to start by saying that... Ooh, the first time I was ever assaulted sexually was with one of my boyfriends. We had been dating at the time and he tried to have sex with me while I was sleeping. And that resulted in us breaking up for a period of time and then he convinced me to get back with him, convinced me that he was drunk and it was a mistake and it would never happen again. And I back then I was somebody who definitely gave everyone the benefit benefit of the doubt and believed that people could change I'm not saying that I don't believe that now but I'm a lot more guarded because of these things that have happened to me I'm a lot more take people for what they are right now not their potential I did take him back we did date for a longer period of time afterwards and he continued to assault me um As far as I know, he never tried it again when I was sleeping or I was just completely unconscious and don't know. But when I was drunk, he tried to take advantage of me even though I was saying, no, get off. I don't want to have sex. I don't want to do this. And to have somebody assault you is a fucked up, horrible experience. But to have somebody assault you that is somebody that you love and are in a relationship with at the time and giving sex to like, that was a very common theme of our relationship was having sex. So for him to come after it still, like, as if it wasn't enough was it, it fucked me up. And I honestly didn't even call it assault for years. I, I, I just was like, it's what men do. They're horny. It's what they do. Like, it's, it's just, it's normal. I, I fucking thought it was normal. And I mean, there was a part of me deep down, deep, deep, deep down that thought, okay, this is it's kind of fucked up. But I remember sharing it with somebody at the time, telling this person about it. And they were like, oh yeah, my significant other has done that as well. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, like, it's kind of normal. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I feel like I I kind of stuck with that narrative. I mean, it, it made sense to me at the time because obviously I wanted to take him back and I wanted things to work. So to downplay it was easier for me than to just fully call it what it was. Eventually this relationship ended because we weren't meant to be together, um, but it wasn't for the reasons that I listed, ironically enough. And then a couple years later, I was in college at the time. And there was this guy that I kept seeing around everywhere. And he was cute, he was attractive. And we just kept locking eyes. We kept having we had classes together. We would randomly run into each other in like the street. Like it just it was weird how much our paths aligned. And looking back on it now, it's just creepy. But at the time I was like, okay, like maybe it's a sign. Maybe this is my person. You know, you think like that because Disney's taught us to think like that. And I remember one night he hit me up and he was like, we should hang out. And I was like, yeah, for sure. I mean, at that point I had seen him around for months. Like I knew a little bit about him. And so, yeah, he picked me up from a party and he brought drinks for us to drink and we went back to my place at the time and we started drinking and I remember having only maybe two drinks with him and then I remember nothing and I woke up the next day he was still there I was completely naked I had no recollection of anything my body felt very strange like very almost like I had been hit by a car and I could tell I feel like women know what I mean when you can feel that you've had sex the night before you can just feel it your body feels different um and I remember looking at him and being like holy fuck what are you doing here why are you sleeping over what what happens like I remember like half an hour of our hangout and then I remember nothing and he was like oh you don't remember anything we had a really good time and I was like I don't I don't know. No, like this, Just this, this doesn't feel right. Like, did you, did you use a condom? And he was like, Oh no. And I was like, okay, I need you to leave. Get got him out of my house. And then I called my friend and I was like, Hey, something weird just happened, but I don't know what to think of it. And my friend who I'd called had been assaulted before as well by somebody that she knew and cared about and was dating at the time too, which is extremely fucked up. I honestly feel like the percentage of sexual assault in women is like, I think higher than statistics have recorded because a lot, most women that I know closely have had some sort of sexual assault encounter in their life. And yeah, that's super fucked up. But she was like very concerned and was like, I... Like, I think you just got raped. Like, this is really fucked up. And I was really trying to not call it that at the time. I was like, no, maybe, maybe. She's like, I've never heard you blackout before. I've never heard that. You know, at the time I was partying quite a bit. And I had never experienced a blackout before. Not like that, especially. And she was like, I think you need to go to the hospital. And I was like, I think I'm fine. I think I'm just going to go back to bed for a bit and sleep it off. And she was like, I'm coming to pick you up. If it wasn't for her determination, I I honestly don't think I would have processed it like that. I think I would have just been like, this is what it is. This is how men are and continue on with my life. And so she came and picked me up. We went to the hospital. They did a whole rape test on me. They kept my underwear. They, yeah, they had, they did samples of that person's DNA and it's such an interesting experience and I'm like currently debating going in to detail about how graphic it is. Um, if you've never had a rape test done before, it's very, 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 very intrusive. They ask you a lot of questions. They keep the clothing that you're wearing, the undergarments you're wearing. Um, they bring you into like a blacklight room and like look at you and you can see like the marks, like the fingerprints, semen at least like, you can see it on yourself and it's pretty fucking traumatic. And then they ask you, you know, if you want to take medication for AIDS, if you want to take you take the morning after pill, you take a bunch of other medication that flushes out any possible STIs. The whole process takes a few hours. And by the time that they got to the AIDS question, I was like, okay, this is fucked up. Like it started to really hit me and I was like, okay, this happened to me. This is very real. This is very scary. Like, why would this person do that to me? Like I didn't, you know what I mean? I barely knew him. It was our first time hanging out. I, I had a lot of questions and you know, when they were questioning me about what happened, they were like, obviously this is not something that you, anticipated or wanted and I was like not at all because I wasn't even shaved like I hadn't shaved my legs I wasn't prepped it wasn't even something I was going into like oh maybe I'll get lucky tonight like I didn't even want to in any way I wasn't even planning to so that was like another giveaway to me when I had woken up the next morning being like okay like you would never just do this like I'm somebody who's very particular about that and I think a lot of women are After I was finished at the hospital, my friend brought me home and I felt like it I started to properly process it and getting flashbacks and there was moments that I was I was trying to remember it and I couldn't which which scared me a lot. I think every form of sexual assault is traumatic in its own way. Being unconscious for it comes with a whole different and unique list of fears and intrusive thoughts because you don't know what was done to you and you don't know if they took pictures of you and you don't know what the fuck happened and my friend and I had discussed that in in great detail she had been conscious for hers and I was not for this and we kind of went back and forth and discussed how each is traumatic in its own ways and Yeah, it was a pretty fucked up conversation to have with one of your best friends that you'd both been through something so similarly traumatic, but yet so different. And yeah, I remember going away that weekend and I just got fucking wasted. I was with one of my close friends and we went camping and I just remember going off by myself, sitting by the lake in a chair, just staring at the water for hours and just listening to the same song. was a song at the time that was bringing me comfort and I was just wasted I just I didn't want to think about it because I didn't want to accept that that happened to me I didn't there's a whole bunch of things that come with having experienced that and yeah I would wish it on nobody but the reason I'm recording this is so that you know people who have been through this feel I don't want to say safe because that's not the right word but seen seen and validated and you know if you're not conscious and you're not able to say yes it's still a fucking no it's still a no and I think that that doesn't get talked about enough I actually just had a memory come to me and I paused the podcast where it was at and I debated scrapping this and restarting it But I think the power and just being authentic is, is so important. The first time I was sexually assaulted was actually not with that person. I just remembered there was a time before that, that I had blocked out and just remembered now. So yeah, the very first time I was sexually assaulted was with a friend who I had known my whole life at that point. And he invited me over to watch a movie. And we were watching the movie and I thought I was there for the movie. Like that was the intention In like 10 minutes. And he started to like, kind of grab at me. And I was like, Oh no, like I'm not really into this. And then he pushed me down, held me down and tried to have sex with me against my will. I was actually a virgin at the time. And I was just I had no idea what to do. I remember just being like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Please stop. Like it wasn't even working. Like my body was tensed up. My body was closed up. Like he couldn't even manage to succeed because of how like tense I was. And then eventually I broke free. And it's always a weird dynamic when you know the people too, because you're just like, what the fuck? Like there's a part of you that doesn't want to make it like seem like a big deal, which is wild. But because it is a big deal it's fucking rape it's sexual assault but there's a big part of you that doesn't want to believe that that's happening and that's the person that you're trusting and this is like one of your friends that you've known for a long time so I remember just sitting there trying to watch the movie after being like did this just fucking happen to me did I I couldn't Oh, it's unexplainable. I'm trying to find words for it, but it's truly unexplainable. And it's really fucking with my head that I I genuinely forgot that that was the first time. So that would have been a couple years before the relationship I was in and then was sexually assaulted. And then after that, a couple years later, I was raped. Sexual assault has been one of like my highest forms of trauma because it's, it's happened so many times to me. I have been at bars before and I've had somebody just like grab up my skirt and grab me. I've had people push me against walls, trying to kiss me, trying to force themselves on me. Like it has been such a prevalent experience in my life, unfortunately. And I have a lot of different and unique stories to tell. And some were strangers and some were not. But most of them were people that I knew. Most of them were people that I trusted and people that I just never expected to do these things to me. And that's a different type of hurt to try to articulate, you know, believing in people and having friendships and trusting that, you know, not all men are the same, trying to rewrite that narrative is hard and has been hard for me and for years I struggled with a lot of anger issues towards men. I if I'm being honest, I still do. I have a very big distrust in men. I don't let men walk behind me on the street. If there's people, like if there's a man close enough behind me, I'll step out of the way, wait for him to go and then I walk behind him. I don't play my music too loud in case in case I miss something and somebody comes up behind me and tries to grab me. I always scan the room first. I have anxiety when I get into elevators with men alone, especially multiple. One-on-one is a little bit different, but multiple men is just a very scary thought. Um, One of my biggest fears in life is being gang raped. I think that's like one of the things that I just don't even know how people come back from and cope with. And if you're listening to this and that's happened to you, I'm, my deepest, deepest condolences to you. I don't even know how I would begin to like comfort someone who's been through that because I've been through multiple on different occasions. But at once, I I don't know. That seems like too much. It seems like too much trauma. Um, but yeah. So I have dealt with a lot. A lot of issues like this, and when I moved to the East Coast, I actually wanted to start seeing a male psychologist because I thought that it would help my hatred towards men. I thought maybe it will help me build some respect and some trust up for men if I let you know a, a mental health male professional into my world and you know share my life and i am not saying this to defer anyone from seeing a male psychologist or counselor social worker whatever it is but my experience was not good um i had two appointments with him yeah the first appointment went decent he was very, he didn't really seem like he was paying very much attention to what I was telling him. He was kind of just looking at me, looking at my outfit. I remember that was a very strange thing because usually when you're in therapy, they can't address your, like, clothing or anything. They can't address your physical appearances. Um, but he was very, like, obviously staring at me when I was choosing to wear. I remember I was wearing shorts and he was staring at my legs and I just felt very uncomfortable. But I tried to push through it because I was like, maybe this is just you know, repressed trauma coming up. And maybe I'm just projecting the second appointment I went to with him. I don't even think I actually went to a second appointment. I think it was just one appointment. Cause I walked out, I was only in there for half an hour and the session was a, an hour long. Yeah. It was just one appointment. I never went back. He tried to say, um, he kept confusing The person who raped me, their name with like my partner's name at the time. He kept like mixing their names up and saying them incorrectly. And he just kept staring at my legs. He just made a lot of comments that made me feel really uncomfortable about how I was, how I presented myself, um, what I looked like physically, which are just things that are super fucking irrelevant to therapy and just absolutely inappropriate. So I remember leaving He tried to convince me to stay. And I was like, no, no, I I don't feel comfortable. I want to go. And I left and I reported it. And they said, okay, we'll put you with a different counselor who's a woman. And we'll reimburse you basically for this session. And we're so deeply sorry. We will take care of this. We can't guarantee he'll be let go. But we can guarantee that we won't ever schedule you an appointment on the same day that he'll be working. And I remember being like okay, that's really fucked up, but I'm going to take the credit and I'm going to trust that these people aren't going to put me in, you know, at the same time that this man's going to be working his shift. So that's actually when I ended up meeting the therapist that I'm with still today. It's been like seven or eight years now. And I remember walking into her office and I was not having any of it. I was just like, what's up? Like you're one of your coworkers Was a fucking pervert to me. Like, what are you? What's up? Like, what can you offer me that I can't get somewhere else? Like, basically, that was very. Was my mentality going into it? I was not happy, as I shouldn't have been. And I remember she was just so maternal and so gentle, and helped me uncover a lot of that trauma and unpack it. And I feel like that experience, because it was like the forefront of why I was now there it kind of catapulted me into dealing with the hatred because it was hatred that I had for men for sure. I absolutely fucking hated the male race and it took years to not hate them, but I'm still at a point where I just don't trust them. Like if I'm just like eating lunch and someone comes up and hits on me, I will tell you to like fuck off. Like I will, (laughs) like I don't care if I sound rude. I feel like women have been put in this box and told you need to be respectful and you need to be happy and you need to be kind and you need to be fuck off fuck that shit if you feel uncomfortable a man's making you feel uncomfortable you don't have to be nice to him you don't even know him even if you do when he's making you feel uncomfortable tell him to fuck off honestly telling more people to fuck off especially men that are crossing your boundaries will change your life personally like take it from me i it's changed my life so yeah if a man comes up to me and approaches me Or especially at the gym too, when you're just working out, I had someone come up to me, this guy, while I was mid sprint on the treadmill and I'm like, could there be like a time in my life where I'm more unavailable than when I'm sprinting on a treadmill? Like what makes you think I want to have a conversation with you right now? Anyway, I could go on and on about my stories with men (laughs) and just being hit on in inappropriate places. And it's just, it's just a lot, but I want to get back on track to what we're talking about here. I want to dive back into how I healed from men, because I think that's a really big piece of it. It's intense talking about this. I I will be honest with you guys. I have a lot of, I wouldn't say anxiety, but like kind of like I just have jitters, like it just makes my heart race and it makes me so sad talking about this. Like how many times this has happened to me and just knowing that more than likely almost every single female listener that tunes in can probably relate to one of these stories, if not, unfortunately, all of them. That's like the most fucked up part for me. That's the really like gut-wrenching pain that comes with talking about this and having people reach out and saying, you know, I relate and me too. Um, but coping with hating all men <laughs> was very very challenging. I had to reframe my mind and thinking that every single man is the same, which I feel like it was really hard at that point point because I had so many different examples to bring to the table, like somebody that I knew closely, somebody that I was dating, somebody that I was friends with, my whole life, somebody, like I had all these different examples. and different types of men, different ages of men, you know. and it they all still seem to remain the same. But I think the biggest thing, you know, is accepting that they aren't all the same. I have a hard time saying this now. I will say, (laughs) I know they're not all the same now. I know that, but it, it took a lot to to come to this. It really did. But I have to think of, you know, good people out there like my brother and like some of the, my best friends are men and men that have never tried to take advantage of me, men that have made sure I got home safe when I was drinking, men that check up on me, men that care about if another man is too close to me because that could cause me danger. Like there are good men out there. And I think surrounding myself with those men and learning to trust again was was key. I I had some really amazing male friendships come into my life shortly after this event and these events and I let them in and I let my guard down and that was huge in my healing process right that was huge to give people another opportunity um new people opportunities just correcting myself there and that was really powerful that was really 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 powerful I have a a good friend of mine and he has been want to say my best friend for seven years and I've never never trusted a man as much as I have trusted him he has always looked out for my well-being he has he has literally jumped in front of someone who went to hit me one day (laughs) I was standing up for uh there was a domestic fight at a bar and this guy was throwing his girlfriend like literally throwing her and calling her every name in the book and he kept shoving her down to the pavement and I was like this is fucked up I have to call the police like I cannot ignore something like this I'm not somebody who stands on the sidelines when I see things that are like not supposed to be happening or abuse in any form to children women I will call in like I don't give a fuck if I know you if I don't know you like I will never just be somebody who stands by and lets that happen because I'm not going to take that guilt on if for some reason you know in the newspaper it showed up that she had died or went missing and I didn't do anything So remember I called the cops and reported it and they showed up and the friends of this couple that had been fighting came at me to be like, how dare you involve the cops? Like, and I was like, I don't know whose side you're on between like his or hers, but like either way, like it's not a healthy situation. It's not, this isn't good. Like this is, this is not normal behavior. This isn't something you should be defending. Anyway, I was lippy and drunk and called her a couple names and she turned around and charged at me. full blown. And I was like, all right, this is it. This is the day I'm getting punched in the face. Like I was just kind of like ready for it. I was fully willing to fight back, but I was like, she's definitely going to swing. And he stood right in front. He was like, not today, bitch, not today. Walk away. (laughs) I love him. I'm not going to mention his name just because I don't know if he wants me to tell these stories. Um, but yeah, he's one of, he's one of the homies and he has, is my proof that not all men are terrible and that they don't all have an ill intent that he has been my best friend and my rock and never tried anything with me and just you know seen me for a human instead of an attractive woman which went a long way for me especially at that point in my life I think for this episode I'm gonna wrap it up and what I will do is open a question box for those who want to ask more maybe in-depth questions or perhaps advice on how they can heal from these traumatic experiences. And what I will say is this, if you've experienced sexual assault in any form by anyone, people that you know, people that you don't know, I think it's very important to report it to the police. But I also want you to know that there is no judgment if you don't and if you can't, because it's not an easy thing to do. The justice system is fucked. I have brought in one of them, the one where I was a conscious to the police because I was at the hospital and they were, you know, already involved and they flag- they ended up flagging his name in the system, which was all they could do at the time. They couldn't arrest and They couldn't, you know, it was, he said, she said, and even the cop warned me, like I've been doing this a long time and there's a good chance that you're not going to win it. I'm just going to be honest with you. There was alcohol involved. It's going to get, go to court. It's going to be messy. It's going to be, he said, she said, and nine times out of 10, the women doesn't, doesn't win. I'm sorry. I've just been doing this a long time and I want to, I don't want to give you any false hope, right? Or expectations. And I was like, that's fucked up, but I appreciate the honesty. He is flagged. Um, And from what I know, he did the same thing to somebody else a year later. So I don't know if he ended up getting arrested or if he's in prison or where he's at in life. Nor do I fucking care as long as it's far away from myself and other women. Um, But yeah, I just, I I feel like going through a traumatic experience like this is already so heavy that if you don't feel like you can bring it to the cops or you don't want to go to court and battle this out and have to share your story publicly, you shouldn't feel shamed if you don't do it. The people that do want to do it and can do it and have the capacity to do so and want to fight, do it. If you have that ability, I I do encourage you to do it, but there has to be, we can't be shaming each other for not speaking up on top of already going through this because it's hard. It's hard and I don't know how far I would have gone if they said I had a shot in winning. I don't know how many court dates I would have been able to stand up and share my story publicly. I don't know. So I would never shame anyone for not being able to do so. Please don't shame yourself. You've already been through so much. Um, If you can go forward with it, great. If you can't, that's okay. Process it in your own way. I would definitely recommend a hotline for people who have been through sexual assault, maybe starting individual therapy if you're not already in therapy perhaps group therapy for people, for victims. So you have, you know, a good circle of people that understand where you've come from, what you've been through and a safe space you can open up and share your stories. I would definitely recommend seeking medical help at least because you don't have to report it as like, you don't have to file a police report. If you report it medically, at least for that's within Canada, I can't speak for other countries how that works, but for me, it was like an option at the end and they kept, you know, my underwear and anything else they needed to keep. They kept all these samples for up to six months. And then they said, you have up to six months. We'll keep the evidence if you want to go forward with it. So if, from what I understand, it doesn't need to be that like, if you go get medical help, they're not just going to tell the cops that your consent. That's my experience. And that was probably close to nine years ago now. But yeah, I'll open a question box. Feel free to DM me on Instagram or email me any questions that you may have regarding this. I am an open book and I'm here for you to listen and to support you in any way that I know how and can do. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to this kind of impromptu episode that I decided to do because I watched this movie and felt very emotional and compelled to do this. I love you guys. And I appreciate each and every one of you who tunes in. And, you know, if this is not something that you resonate with personally, but you do feel like somebody, you know, or somebody that you love could benefit from it. I encourage you to share this with them until next time, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I loved having you. If you wish to support this podcast, please follow us so you never miss an episode. You can also find us on social media at Full Minded Podcast. Once a month, I will do an episode where I answer questions that have been sent in. Please visit our website at www.FullMindedPodcast.com to submit all your questions. If you wish to be a guest on this podcast, please fill out the form on our website to apply. Your continued support means the world, so thank you again for taking the time out of your day to tune into Full Minded with Elisabetta. Until next time, be kind to yourselves and remember that there is power in owning our imperfect and messy lives. It's all a part of the human experience and you're not alone in it.